Hi, I'm Brett Larkin. Welcome to the Yoga Hacks podcast. And today's hack topic is how to have a personalized yoga practice when you're pregnant and what the contraindications are in yoga when you're pregnant and how to just really use all this information, know the key points, and then take those into your home practice, into the studio and modify and just figure out what's best for you as you move through pregnancy. So if you are not pregnant or planning to become pregnant, you might want to skip this one. But I got a lot of requests for information about this, and I hope to have a video out soon that's a prenatal sequence. However, I'd argue that this podcast is in many ways almost more important because while you can, and I can, and everyone can do a lot of prenatal yoga and videos, the most powerful and important thing is for me to really empower you, the pregnant person, with the information of what's going on in your body, what yoga poses are really great for you, what yoga poses you should definitely avoid in each trimester of your pregnancy that so that you can really be the boss, excuse me, and you know, not have to rely on sequences from anyone because you just know what you can do and can't do and are just rocking out doing your own thing. So one thing that I've heard from a lot of pregnant women is, especially ones that are really into yoga, is that prenatal classes, they find them kind of boring. I think this is because prenatal classes are often designed for women who are coming to yoga for the first time as a thing that they're doing when they're pregnant and not necessarily hardcore yogini women who have a strong practice. So I think prenatal yoga classes in studios tend to skew just more beginner and obviously they're very cautious. Again, the reality is if you know what you can and can't do in terms of each trimester and where you are, you can go to very advanced sweaty yoga classes and just modify based on uh, the techniques I'm going to give you in this podcast. And I actually had a couple pregnant women when I was teaching at a studio I used to teach at a year or so back that were very pregnant. And they'd come to my class because they liked that it was sweaty and gave them a workout and really gave them a sense of flow. And the prenatal classes at that particular studio were just really mellow. And they didn't like that. So I just share this to let you have a really open mind that just because you're pregnant, you can't, it doesn't mean you can only go to prenatal yoga classes or that from now on you can only do prenatal sequences that are specified as prenatal sequences on YouTube. Absolutely not. You can do what, uh, any sequence as long as you know how to modify it and you can do your own home practice as long as you know how to modify it. So let's go into the key modifications and Uh, big changes that are happening in your body that I want to share with you. And I'm speaking in this podcast very much like I would to a friend because I've also been to a lot of prenatal lectures and seminars and usually the first 20 to 30 minutes is spent on why yoga is so good for pregnant people. We're going to skip that. Hopefully you've already bought into the idea that yoga is fantastic always and especially fantastic when you're pregnant. And I'm really just going to dive in and speak to you like a friend about what's going on in your body and what I would recommend and what poses I would do and avoid. So let's get started. So the biggest thing to know, and this applies to the whole time that you are pregnant, is that your body is going to be producing a lot more relaxin. Your progesterone and estrogen production is also going to be increased 
what this all means is that it's going to cause soft tissue in your body to soften even further. And the relaxin is going to make your joints very flexible. So you might have some hypermobility. What this all translates to is that you may find that you are more flexible than ever before. So this may be exciting because as a pregnant person, all of a sudden you notice, wow, you can really touch your toes or whoa, you can go into full splits or whoa, you can go deeper into pigeon than ever before. And this is a result of these hormonal changes. And the big takeaway here is that while these things may be exciting, especially if you're really into yoga, pregnancy is not the time that you want to push it. And because of these hormonal changes and because you're going to be so much more flexible and hypermobile than usual, it's the time in your yoga practice that you actually really want to pull back and not go quite to your edge for the whole duration of your pregnancy. And the reason is that it's going to be so easy for you to tear a muscle or pull something or pop something out of place than when you're not pregnant. So definitely see this as a time to observe that you you maybe have more flexibility, more range of motion, but to definitely hold back and as tempting as it is to be so excited that all of a sudden you can get your forehead all the way to your knee to just back off a bit and realize that this is because hormonal changes that are happening in your body, that the effect is not going to stay and it puts you at increased risk for injury, pulling something, um, tearing something. So you just really want to be mindful that you are more like Gumby now and (laughs) you want to just take it a step back. The other universal thing that you want to be aware of and stop doing for all of pregnancy, as soon as you find out you're pregnant, these are what I'm talking about now applies to all trimesters, is you don't want to do any kind of breath retention. So if you've ever done Kabbalah Bhati breath, breath of fire, you know, where you're snapping your navel back into the spine, you're not inhaling, it's just quick passive exhales through the nose. No more Kabbalah Bhati, no more breath of fire, no more any, um, if you do any work with bandhas, you know, lifting up the pelvic floor, retaining the breath in certain meditation or pranayama breathing techniques, none of that. You just want to do slow, deep breathing. So again, if you go to a class and the teacher's teaching breath of fire or teaching you to hold the breath in, to hold your breath as part of any yoga, meditation, or pranayama technique. You just want to skip that and just do long, slow, deep breathing, inhales and exhales of equal length. This is not a time where you want to be holding your breath, retaining the breath, or doing any kind of vigorous breath work, especially not Kabbalah Bhati. And this leads into something that I think hopefully will be helpful throughout this podcast is that so much of this is complete common sense. All of this is common sense, right? If you are pregnant in your belly, do you want to do a breath where you rapidly aggravate your belly by snapping it back into your spine? No, you probably don't, right? And this leads into pretty much everything I'll talk about, but I just say this really to empower you that there's not like these secrets that you know only super, super amazing yoga teachers know. Like most of this is common sense. And if you have a deep connection with your body, which you likely do because you do yoga, you should really feel empowered to trust yourself. 
And the last quick thing, and this really applies to all trimesters, your whole pregnancy, is that you are very likely to become dehydrated. So you want to drink more water now than ever before. You're also more likely to get lightheaded, be faint, be nauseous. So you want to be carrying snacks. And you know, usually we yoga teachers are it's said in the yoga community, you know, you don't want to eat right before you do yoga. Well, if you're pregnant, maybe you do want to eat, you know, like half a banana or some almonds or granola bar right before and after you practice. Just be extra vigilant about making sure you have snacks and especially making sure you're drinking way more water than you ever have before since your risk for dehydration is very increased when you are pregnant. There's an increase in your core body temperature at large. So that's another thing is just really focusing on the water bottle with you at all times in class uh, is just another thing for, for all trimesters, all of pregnancy. Okay, so moving on, let's talk a little bit about the first trimester specifically and we'll get more into contraindications things you should and should not do with each of these trimesters. So the first trimester, ironically, even though there may not be the biggest change in your body yet, it's the the trimester where you really actually want to be the most careful and take it the most easy. And if you have a hardcore yoga practice, this may be very difficult for you because you want to do your full practice you feel like you should be doing your full practice, but the reality is that this first trimester is really when nature is trying to tell you to slow down. There's a huge toll that's happening in your body. Um, all the baby's organs are being developed. It's just, there's a lot going on. Uh, it's kind of the most important stage in a lot of ways. So you want to take it easy even though you won't want to basically. Um, so basically in this first trimester, lying on your belly prone is okay as long as it feels comfortable for you. It's completely personal. You probably don't have much of a belly at this point. So if lying on your belly feels okay, do it in the first trimester. If it doesn't feel good or your breaths are tender, don't do it. You want to start avoiding wheel pose and extreme back bends. And you probably want to avoid jumping back into chaturanga and doing anything, any types of inversions because you could fall. And really, this is the most delicate stage this first trimester is when everything is implanting, your body's getting used to being pregnant. So jumps, jumping back, inversions in the center of the room, um, and wheel and we already talked about obviously not doing Kabbalah Bhati, breath of fire, or any breath retention. Those are sort of the things you want to be aware of at this stage, along with just taking it easy. So if you're someone who loves the super sweaty flows or the Bikram classes, just know that this first trimester is a time that even though your body maybe looks like it's okay, you want to take it a little bit easier. Okay, moving on to second trimester. This is when your abdominal cavity really starts to get crowded <laughs> because the, the pregnancy is taking up that, that room. But the good news is that you tend to have more energy in the second trimester. So this is good. Your blood sugar increases during this time and your circulation increases. So you're going to probably feel better during the second trimester. And you may feel the baby move, which is very exciting. So during this stage, you want to now avoid forward bending and backward bending. Now, forward folding, I mean, if doing, touching your toes, like a standing forward fold, if that feels okay for you, you should do it. Again, pretty common sense. But maybe Pachimottanasana, where you have your legs extended on the floor and you go into a super deep forward fold, 
that probably just isn't going to feel good or even really be physically possible because your belly is going to be there and, ex- and expanding. So just think of you don't really want to take the baby and your belly into like extreme flexion or extreme extension. You don't want to fold over your belly into forward fold like Pachimottanasana. I'm talking about when you're seated folding forward. Again, if you just if it feels good to fold forward in a wide-legged forward fold standing, that's fine. But seated, you're probably not going to want to fold over your belly and crush it, and you're not going to want to do full wheel pose either. Just not a good idea. What is a great idea is to do lateral stretches, so side bends. Those are going to feel great and be very safe. So you can sort of just think of it as avoid extreme forward and backward bending, but really encourage side bending, like reaching, standing and reaching your left arm up and over to the right. Anything like that is good. You don't want to do any postures on your belly in the second trimester. And again, very common sense because at this point you will have a belly and it won't feel good to lie on it, nor would you want to. Another thing to be aware of is that lying flat on your back may be nauseating for some women in their second trimester. So Shavasana becomes not that fun anymore. And if that happens, you just want to lay on your left side in Shavasana. So when in doubt, lay on your left side. And this is because the vena cava valve has the least amount of pressure on it when you lie on your left side. So if Shavasana on your back doesn't feel good, just lay on your left side instead. Same concern with inversions. You probably don't want to be doing inversions. That said, again, I have a friend who did headstand her whole pregnancy, including when she was nine months pregnant and claimed her baby loved it. And it was just part of her yoga practice and who she was. And she was an advanced practitioner. So really to each their own. Um, But the general consensus would be to avoid it. And then you want to stop in the second trimester. The two other big things that are key to know for pregnancy is that you want to stop abdominal twists and abdominal contractions. So let's go into this a little more. The twist is pretty, again, so common sense, right? Think of being in chair pose and then the twist that you do in chair pose where you take your left elbow across to your right knee. You're not even going to really be able to do that depending, in the third trimester, you're not going to be able to. In the second trimester, it just won't feel right. You don't want to do anything where you're crossing across your belly. So chair twist is a great example. Lunge twist is another where you're in a lunge. And again, you take left elbow across to right knee, hands to prayer, come into a twist. You're going to want to avoid all of these kinds of poses. Another example would be being in all fours like in a cat-cow position. And you know how sometimes you do the thing where you extend your right leg and extend your left arm? That's a great thing to do. But if the teacher says, bring your elbow and knee to touch, so you're all of a sudden compressing across your midline, you're not going to want to do that either. So just think anything where your elbow is coming across your body, basically, any yoga pose like that, your your elbow is coming across your body into a twist, you're not going to want to do that. Now, some twists may feel really great. Like in some classes, I teach a variation of a twist where you're in a wide lunge. So your left leg is, you know, very far to the left. Your right leg is very far to the right. So you're in a wide lunge. You put the right hand down and lift the left hand up. You're not twisting across the belly. It's called easy twist, right, or lunge twist. That might feel really nice. So it's not like all twists are evil. It's just the twist where your elbow is coming across your belly and you're compressing your midsection that you're going to want to avoid, which again, I think is you know, pretty much common sense. It won't feel good or intuitive to do that anyway. The other big no-no besides twists at this point is that you don't want to do abdominal contractions where you're crunching up. 
And this is a little complicated to explain, but when you're pregnant, you have a much higher risk of splitting your abs. And you may even see in pregnant women's bellies, there's this line down their stomach, the linea alba. And there's something called diastis recti. You can Google it if you want. But basically what it means is that your abdominals, which are, you know, normally form your six pack when you're pregnant, they have an increased chance of splitting apart. So you don't want that hopefully to happen. So you're at an increased risk of that potentially happening if you start doing crunches and stuff when you're pregnant. So you don't want to do abdominal contractions in the sense that you don't want to do any kind of abdominal work where you're going against gravity. This is, I think, one of the the good ways to think about about it. You don't want to do any abdominal work where you're moving in the opposite direction to gravity. So doing a traditional sit-up is an absolute no. Doing a crunch... (laughs) is a no. Um, On the flip side though, doing forearm plank and just pulling your abs up and in is okay because you're not contracting your abdominals. I mean, you're contracting them, but this is very, it's confusing. And it's been confusing even in lectures I've gone to about this. People always have a million questions about it, but basically the, the big lesson and what you need to know is holding something like boat pose is okay. Doing forearm plank and working your abs that way is okay. Toning the abdominal muscles up and in. Uh, Navasana boat pose again, right? That's sort of like Pilates, toning the abdominal muscles in. You're in that V shape. But you don't want to be doing crunches, (laughs) sit-ups, anything like that where you're taking the abdominal muscles into a forced contraction against gravity. Hopefully that makes sense. All right, so in your third trimester, all of these same things apply still. It's just that you're going to be much bigger. So a big piece of advice here is to just start taking a wider stance in all your yoga poses. And you can do this the moment you get pregnant or in the second trimester, but especially in the third trimester, you just want to start taking a really wide stance, meaning that, you know, warrior one, have your feet almost as wide as the mat. If you're doing chair pose, right, obviously your feet should be hip width apart or more when you're pregnant and not feet touching. Same thing when you stand in Tadasana. You just want to have as stable and wide a base as possible in every pose because you're bigger and there's a, you know, you don't want to risk falling over. So when in doubt, just spread the feet apart more, just be in a wider, more stable stance. Another thing you can do is any yoga class you go to, especially if it's not a prenatal designated class is go near the wall. Because if you go near the wall, you can gently rest your hand on the wall. You can just use the wall to help you balance throughout the whole class, which can be just comforting and helpful. If it hasn't happened already, lying in Shavasana or just lying completely flat on your back will probably feel even less comfortable now than it did in uh, the second trimester. So again, you can lie on the left side or you can take goddess pose, putting a bolster behind your back and doing that restorative version of goddess with a block and a bolster and your feet in Baddha That's probably a great option. And any kind of pose against the wall is going to be just really secure and feel great. So legs up the wall, (laughs) anything against the wall is going to feel good at this point. And, you know, definitely don't push yourself 
in the third trimester to do crazy balancing poses or anything like that. You just want to, for the most part, work on your breathing and just feeling really stable in all the poses. If your baby is known to be in breech position after 30 weeks, you do not want to do squats, malasana. You don't want to be doing squat poses. Again, this is only if you know your baby is in breech position and it's after 30 weeks. Otherwise, squat poses are great. So let's do a final little recap here of poses to be avoided, just in case it wasn't already very, very clear. Um, Kabbalabhati, breath of fire, anything with breath retention. Any deep twists where you're taking your elbow across the body. Same thing with like twisted triangle. You're not technically taking the elbow all the way across, but you're taking the arm all the way across the body. No deep rotating postures. You're not going to want to do upward facing dog. You're not going to want to do plow or shoulder stand or headstand or handstand. You're not going to want to do any back bends that are on your stomach. And you're not going to probably be wanting to do wheel. On the flip side, poses that are going to be absolutely amazing and feel good are bridge pose, um, cat-cow and doing little balancing variations with cat-cow. Triangle pose is going to feel great. Goddess pose and hero pose. Hero pose is where you sit on a block with your heels on either side of the block are going to feel great. Doing things like neck rolls and shoulder openers and easy balances like tree pose are all going to feel great and be fantastic. Doing arm variations like eagle arms are going to feel good. Any side bending postures are going to be so good for pregnancy. Leaning to one side is just going to be great. Um, Ardha Chandrasana is okay. I would do it maybe against a wall so you could have your back to the wall. Baddha Konasana, that's where the soles of your feet touch and your knees are wide, is going to be great. Half pigeon is going to be great. Um, easy twists that are away from your thigh. So I already mentioned this, right? But like a twist where just your right hand down and your left hand is up and you're in a nice big wide lunge is going to feel really good. Legs up the wall is going to feel good. Um, warrior two is good. Warrior one, just have a nice wide, wide stance. Um, doing things at the wall, again, pressing your hands and forearms into the wall is going to feel nice. Um, Table pose is going to feel good. Wide-legged forward fold is going to feel good. So when you have your legs super wide and you just fold forward. Lying on your back and windshield wiping your knees from side to side is going to feel good. Um, hip openers are going to feel good. All of those things are good. So basically, if you were in a class and the teacher says, okay, everyone, uh, you know, lower all the way down from plank, and you know, doing plank is okay. Holding plank is okay because that's not an abdominal contraction that's going against gravity. So um, if the teacher says, you know, from plank, lower all the way down to your belly, and they're gonna do a whole back bending sequence on the belly, that's where you will just, you know, either hold plank or most likely come down onto your knees, and you can just do cat-cow while everyone else is doing back bends. Um, same thing, if they're teaching inversions give yourself a break. Just do legs up the wall instead. And I'd really encourage positioning yourself near a, a wall and always having water and a snack. Um, if they're doing chair twist, 
just be in chair with your feet hip width apart and just hold chair. Or you can do, um, you know, like little eagle arms in your chair instead to pass the time where everyone else is twisting. If they're doing lunge twist, right? They're in a lunge and they're taking the elbow across the body and doing a deep twist, just do easy twist instead. Place your left hand on the floor, reach your right arm up. Use blocks during this time, especially one of my, um, close friends who's a yoga teacher when she, she came to my class a lot when she was pregnant and I saw her doing downward facing dog with blocks under her hands at all times. So I don't know exactly why, but I think that just felt really good for her. So start experimenting a lot with blocks. Do you want to be pressing your hands into two blocks when you do downward facing dog? Does that feel better? Again, this is a great time to experiment and start bringing in more props and just restorative uh, prop variations and stuff like that into your practice. So I hope that this podcast was helpful. (laughs) I think we covered a lot, hopefully, in what's going to be less than 25 minutes. If you have further questions, you can definitely reach out to me on Facebook, in our private Facebook community. Uh, You can join by going to yogahackscommunity.com. That's Y-O-G-A, hacks, H-A-C-K-S, community.com. Of course, make sure you're on my email list. That's how most of my information is dispersed. Please subscribe to my channel on YouTube if you haven't already. That's the number one way you can support me and free yoga online. And I will keep in touch about potential videos about prenatal specific videos, but I really hope that listening to all of this was just leave you in a place where you feel a lot more empowered to create your own personal practice, do the yoga you really want to do, and just modify when you need to instead of sentencing yourself to prenatal yoga forever (laughs) if that's not what you're into. And I think a good way to start is just start modifying yourself, maybe go to one prenatal yoga class a week and the rest of the time do your own practice with these modifications in mind. So congratulations on your pregnancy. I'm so happy for you. And I would love, of course, to hear from and connect with you further if you have uh, other questions. So big hugs and love from my heart to yours. Namaste.